0: Gary Parish, it's Sunday, February seven, two 2021. Welcome back to the CBS Sports on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss Campbell fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. And dead leg, I believe this morning I did something I've never done since I started ranking 26 college basketball teams each morning of every season many years ago like an idiot. Specifically, I submitted the top 25 and one in Kansas for the first time was not included. So it's a historic day. We are recording this on Sunday afternoon before the Super Bowl, so there's no way to know at this moment whether the Jayhawks will be in Monday's updated Associated Press Top 25 poll. But after looking at it, I swear to God I did, from every angle, I can tell you that I don't think they should be. And if they're not, Kansas will suddenly be an unranked team for the first time since February 1st, 2009. Norlander, do you agree? or disagree that Kansas should not be ranked any longer and that the Jayhawks' streak of 231 consecutive weeks in the AP poll should come to an end on Monday.
1: I do agree that that streak should end. How about Trivia Time Redux? Oh, no. Did this so on quick. HQ yesterday. Let's see if you can remember the number. So Kansas's streak is going to end... If anyone's getting to this podcast at some point, like Monday afternoon, maybe this is going to be tossed out there, so this isn't going to be such a surprise. But if you're listening on Sunday and you did not watch HQ, you might not be aware of this. What's the team that's now going to take over having the most consecutive weeks ranked in the poll? You know this because I mentioned it. What's the team?
0: Gonzaga, final answer. Correct. How many weeks, though? 90.
1: Correct. 90 straight weeks. Just to get a sense of the gap between teams and between just a streak in general 230 plus for Kansas a huge gap and Duke at one point also held a a pretty wild streak like this as well a huge gap and then you get to Gonzaga and how about let's go even further who's the third team
0: the third team Mm -hmm. so we know we know it cannot be Kentucky and it cannot be Duke
1: I'll give you you a hint I'll give you a small hint the third team is at 34 straight weeks. It will be 35 on Monday. So the streak began in 2019. Okay.
0: I think I can get this. It is not them. It's not them. It's not. The streak began in 2019. hmm I think I can get this.
1: I think you can, too.
0: Houston Cougars. Incorrect. They are Damn.
1: 21 straight weeks when the polls refresh. Um, here is your top... It's actually what's interesting uh, is in I Villanova, was Villanova, Villanova? correct? Yes, okay. Uh, all right, so the, the five active as of us recording this podcast is Kansas at 231. That's going to end. Gonzaga is going to go from 89 to 90. They're going to be number one. Villanova will go from 34 to 35. Uh, there's no way it will drop out. We think Villanova is going to be Georgetown as we record this podcast, even if it doesn't. Villanova's not falling out of the poll. Baylor will go from 31 to 32 weeks when the polls refresh, and then Houston is actually tied. With the Iowa Hawkeyes, who we'll get to in a little bit, uh, I guess Iowa's going to stay ranked. But if you wanted to not rank the Hawkeyes, I think you're completely justified that. But we'll we'll hold off on the Hawkeyes for now. But just to get a sense, talking KU here, 231 to 89 is the difference between Gonzaga and Kansas. Yes, I would put um, I would knock the Jayhawks out of this. What's funny is so Saturday night games are you know winding down, and I'm writing a, a Carolina Duke column. <laughs> Uh, it was just funny man like you just start texting me you're like going through it Uh, who knows like how much you would torture yourself in the past hour plus of this but you're like like i didn't i'm fine with you walking through with me but i didn't check in on you see how you were doing but you're like yeah man let's like listen man like i i'm just not gonna i'm not gonna rank kansas i'm like okay sounds good and then you did some more justifying of it i was like yeah, no, understandable. You're like, I, I just been way too much looking at this. I'm like, yeah, no, I I, I agree. You, you do. So I am not surprised. I internally, I wondered if we were going to lead on this because if you had picked something else, I was going to swerve that car off the road and make you talk about Kansas first. This is where we have to start because it's notable to fall out of the rankings, but also because just let the people know just how how long you actually like agonized over this on Saturday. <laughs>
0: Well, I didn't hit you with it to like, you know, inform you like, hey, before you see it, I wanted to let (laughs) you know. (laughs) It wasn't one of those (laughs) like or or even like, hey, uh, because you care at all. It it was um, because we had just been on HQ together. Right. And I was asked so is Kansas at risk of missing the NCAA tournament? I was like, absolutely not. I said, well, people don't understand, and then I just went through the whole resume. Like, the resume's not that bad. Kentucky's bad. North Carolina might be bad. Duke might be bad. Kansas is in the NCAA tournament, and no problem, and in, in real, really no jeopardy of missing it. And it's not obvious to me that they have to drop out of the AP poll on Monday because, yes, they've got an unusual record for Kansas, but. If you're trying to put together a list of the best 25 teams in the country, they're still, like, right there. So I was ranting on HQ about how Kansas isn't nearly as bad as people – some people seem to suggest – and then as I start tearing through it and this, looking at it from every angle, I'm like, you know what, I can't rank them or I shouldn't rank them. And so I was like, the, the, the reason I reached out to you is to say like, hey, despite everything I said on <laughs> HQ, <laughs> the truth is that Kansas has got to go. And how much time did I spend on it? I mean, I, 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 I spend now. hours on the yeah. top 25 on the weekends usually, uh, you know, because I really do go through every resume. I mean, these things are always subjective. So, you know, you can nitpick it here and there if you want to. But I promise you nobody puts more thought into listing 26 teams every morning than I do. And so (laughs) as I'm going through it, one of the things I get to that is a hang up with me is that, you know, well, well, first off, they're like, you know, they're. They 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 haven't beaten a good team in nearly a month. They're two and six in their past eight games, with the the only wins coming against TCU and Kansas State. Now, on the other hand, you know all seven losses they have so far are quadrant one losses. All seven losses are likely to likely NCAA tournament teams. Six of the seven losses are away from home. Two of the losses are to to, to Gonzaga and Baylor. You know two teams that are combined thirty five and zero. So there's nothing bad there, but it is true that they haven't been a good team in nearly a month and they are six and seven in the first two quadrants. And, The truth is when I started looking at this team, this team, this team, there's nobody else in the top 25 and one that's under 500 in the first two quadrants. So the losses aren't embarrassing, unless you want to say losing at home to Texas by 25 is embarrassing. And you know, the past two losses at Tennessee and at West Virginia have come by an average of 15 and a half points. There's some lopsided margins, but like they're all quadrant one losses, but you know, again, haven't beaten a good team in nearly a month. Um, six and seven in the first two quadrants, I dropped Kansas out. They're not too far out, but they are out. And I do think that they should be out of the AP poll as well.
1: How about this? So in Q one right now, Kansas is three and seven. And the only team that's around it in the net it's twenty seventh in the net as we talk here. Now there are teams that are sub five hundred in, in, in quad one outcomes, Texas four and five, Oklahoma four and five. I think those are the highest rates. Oh te- lot
0: lots of those, by the way. I mean as somebody who looks at this every yeah, day. Yeah. Being under five hundred in quad one is not Abnormal, right? Being under five hundred in the first two quadrants, th- that that's about where the cutoff is, you know, for twenty for top twenty-five, top thirty range.
1: But how about this? Kansas in Q three, three and seven, Quad two three and zero, Quad three one and zero, Quad four four zero, blank team also three and seven in Quad one, two and one Quad two, two and zero Quad three and zero Quad four games. Kansas has four. Do you know what team that is? No. Penn State. Penn State and Kansas have the same quad one record, and they're separated by two spots in the net as we talk here. Penn State got uh, a necessary win over Maryland. Penn State's played like a top three schedule in the country, so that's why it's still uh, respectable, even though it's sub 500 overall there. So, yeah, drop them out. The losses are all good. The losses have to matter when you've lost seven games at this point. Um, and there's a ton of teams, not a ton, but there's a decent chunk of teams because I started looking at, like, my power rankings, which which – I do 19 of them, but, um, the teams in that like kind of 18 to 23 range, it got a little tough there. So, uh, I can understand why you struggle with it a little bit. Um, but that's where Kansas is. So, it, you know, I don't have it much more on the game. We talked about it ad nauseum on HQ. It's a great win for West Virginia. Deuce McBride is must see stuff. Like, I think he's going to be one of the most irresistible players in the NCAA tournament, and we'll give West Virginia a chance at, at making a really deep run there. Kansas still has plenty to figure out, and it might be just a five or six seed that, that can hit its stride. I wouldn't doubt that uh, big picture, but it doesn't deserve to be ranked right now, and... It's ju- it's played itself out of one two three line at this point. Um, it, it can rally, I think, and get a four if it get a, if it gets a lot of wins going forward. But I, I think it's un- unrealistic, uh, considering what this team is, to expect them to to absolutely put together a mega winning streak and gets get itself back up to the to the three line conversation. I think it's a four at best, and it will be in the unusual spot of um, of playing in something of an underdog role when we get
0: to the tournament. Just to underline how not that far removed from anybody's national rankings Kansas should be, they're still 18th in Sagarin, 25th in BPI, 26th in Ken Palm, 27th in the net, 26th strength of record. So, again, this is something I stressed on HQ. They're not bad. Throwing them in the same conversation with Michigan State Kentucky Duke is unfair to them. They're un, they're bad relative to what they normally are, but they're still good relative to those other bad blue blood programs. And th- so the question becomes, why, how, how did this happen? I don't think it's hard to figure out. They lost their two top players, both of whom are in the NBA and they were enrolling one five-star freshman. He's not playing. Um, they only have one consensus top 50 prospect in the starting lineup no projected first-round picks on the roster, I mean, again, this isn't hard to figure out. It's just that's the team. That team that was going to be the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament last season, top two players gone, five-star freshmen not playing, uh, you don't have NBA talent, and you don't even have heralded high school prospects relative to what you normally have on the roster. Combine that with the fact that Baylor's operating at a high level. Shaka's got his... Best team ever at Texas. Chris Beard is Chris Beard. Lon Kruger is Lon Kruger. Bob Huggins is Bob Huggins. Here we are. Uh,
1: agreed. Agreed with you. And we'll uh, Big Twelve. By the way, has got you know seven tournament level teams now, and uh, we'll get to uh, we'll get to that in just a second. But yeah, the, at this point, uh, you know, Kansas was expected to lose the game, and it lost. And with the roster that it has, it needs you know it it, it needs Ochai Abaji. Christian Brown, David McCormick to play at consistently high levels because it's just not a deep team as well. And so, uh, and so here we are. Just adds to the uh, the unusualness of the season with so many big time programs playing below their uh,
0: their expectations. Next up for Kansas, Oklahoma State on Monday night. So big game, and really, you got to win this one. Like I can start being dismissive of your road losses to good teams. You take care of business here, Oklahoma State Monday night inside Allen Fieldhouse. Then after that, it eases up. Home game against Iowa State at Iowa State then at Kansas State on February 16th, then Texas Tech at home on February 20th. So here's the good news if you're a Kansas fan. It's been a rough stretch, the roughest stretch of Bill Self's career at KU, but you're going to be favored, should be favored to win the next five games and then the Jayhawks close at Texas and with a home game against Baylor. Let's move on. Texas and Alabama both lost as road favorites this weekend. We're going to get into both of those games next, both of those situations next, but first, check this out.
1: The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
2: Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. So,
0: Texas and Alabama both lost as road favorites this weekend. Texas was a two point favorite at Oklahoma State, lost 75 67 in double overtime. Alabama, three and a half point favorite at Missouri, lost 68 65 in regulation. That means Texas is one in four in its past five games on a three game losing streak. Meantime, Alabama, one in two in its past three games. Norlander, you concerned about either or is this just a whatever? Every loss you just referenced. Is to a likely NCAA tournament team, not a big deal.
1: Well, let's state the obvious that we both tweeted about to each other over on Sun on Saturday. <laughs> like we were watching this Missouri Alabama game. Missouri was uh, in charge until I don't know six minutes were left, six and a half minutes, were, and or seven minutes to go. And then we had to hop on HQ to preview the West Virginia Kansas game. So we're you know we're talking on camera, we're not watching. And then the hit gets done at you know whatever it was, 158, 159, take off the take off the tie, take off the mic, pull the earbuds out, take off the sports go, take five steps from my chair in front of the camera to my couch, turn to the TV, and Alabama's down by two. And I'm like, what in the world? Like, <laughs> no, did, didn't make, say, it didn't make a lick of sense if you had watched that game for the first 33 minutes of gameplay— The score made zero sense whatsoever that Alabama could have even put itself in position. Knowing even what Alabama is, there was zero indication that it was going to be a one-possession game.
0: No, here's the specifics. Missouri led by as many as 22 in the second half. It was 58-36 with 12.45 left, and then they were up 20, 64-44 with 6.02 left. And I think that's about when it was like, all right, guys, we need you in the chairs. Got to preview Kansas, West Virginia. So I get up, and normally I have an iPad sitting on the desk, and I'll have the CBS Sports scoreboard up. So I'm just sort of monitoring the games, and this time I just didn't for whatever reason because the main game I was watching was Missouri-Alabama, and it's over. So then, like, um, we make our picks we uh same thing mic off earbud off shirt off the whole deal back into the office and i'm like what the f is happening here because suddenly alabama has gone on a 22 a, a 21 to two run again missouri's up uh 20 with 602 left alabama from that moment goes on a 21 to two run while we're on hq they make it 66 65 with 113 left and now we in a fight it was a
1: fight. Missouri was able to to hold off uh, just barely um, and, and got the win. I, I, I take very little from it from Bama. I, Missouri is 13-3. It's won uh, six of its past seven. I will have the Tigers by nature of other teams losing, so I tend to drop teams more if they lose in the power rankings, trying to differentiate from GP's deal. I'll have Missouri in the top ten uh, of my power rankings on Tuesday, so good on good on the Tigers for getting that win even though they made uh, Mizzou fans really just kind of clutch their chest in uh, despair, they almost went full Mizzou there and, and blew it at the end. But overall, no. I mean, it's Alabama's first loss in league play. So
0: I don't have too many, I don't have any concerns about Alabama, frankly. I moved Missouri into the top 10 of the top 25 and one I've got them eighth now and that that is a team where the computer numbers and the resume do not match up very well the computers do not appreciate Missouri as much as the resume suggest you should appreciate Missouri it's like Tennessee fans are running the computers that's the only thing I can chalk it up to is that you got a bunch of Tennessee fans running the computers and tilting them against Conzel Martin's current program. But the end of the game was wild. So it's 66-65 um, Missouri, less than 10 seconds to play. And Alabama's got the ball. Herb Jones looks like he's going to set a ball screen. Instead, slips, gets the pass, gets fouled by Drew Smith. No whistle. Mitchell Smith blocks it. Then Missouri adds a couple free throws. Alabama doesn't get a good shot off at the buzzer. And, and that was that. But do you agree? Like that was a b- bad no call. That, that determined yeah. the outcome of the game, or at least it potentially determined the outcome of the game.
1: I would have, I, I would have blown the whistle there. I think that should have been, yes, that should have been a foul. Or, it's a foul. I mean, but you win some, you lose some
0: GP. What do you want? Blow the whistle. <laughs> It's whistle when you see a foul. Yeah, I know. I, and it's not even one of those, like, I saw it on the replay. I saw it live. I was shocked that the whistle wasn't blown.
1: Yeah. There is a real case to be made there, without a doubt. I agree. And, and, it's, I, and then, by the way, real quick on that, like, there's been a couple instances of this, this this season where this has happened, and it's not like the official gets caught up in the moment of a frenzied fan base. Like, right. I've, I've seen this happen, and the gyms are empty. That's just been a... I don't know. It's been. I don't know if I would have expected or not, but you might have expected that something like this wouldn't happen for that exact reason. But it still, it still shows up here and there, and kind of speaks to how sometimes it can be difficult for these people to do this in the heat of the moment with, with, uh, with a play like that. But yes, whistle should have been blown.
0: Um, I'm with you on Alabama. Like, okay, they're one and two in their past three. Fine. You know, uh, if you're looking for something to point to, they haven't been shooting it badly, but they were 10 of 28 from three against Oklahoma, nine of 25 from three against Missouri. When they were on that 10-game winning streak, they were just bombing people better than that. They've cooled off some. They're now shooting 35.5% from three, which ranks 90th nationally. More than anything, though, it's just two losses to – Two good teams on the road. Not that big of a deal to me. I still have Alabama in the top 10 of the top 25 and one, I believe ninth, one spot behind Missouri and the next four for the Crimson Tide, South Carolina, Georgia, Texas A&M, Vanderbilt. So they should be double digit favorites in every one of those games. They'll be favored in every game that's currently on the schedule. Alabama's going to be fine. what do you make of Oklahoma State over Texas?
1: Okay, a few quick things, um, so we can get to the rest of the weekend. Texas is one and four in its past five. Uh, If you want to have some some actual concern there, I think it's it's validated. But road loss, Oklahoma State's now top forty in essentially every single metric. Uh, It's a five and three team in in Q one games. You know, Kate Cunningham you know, what's interesting is he has been, he's been a wonderful player and probably the best freshman in America this season, but he has had a few moments here in games, late in games where his decision-making has, uh, has been the level of a freshman, which is nothing against him, but man, he had, he had a steal and then he missed that bunny in OT, Oof. which, which sent it to double OT. Then he makes up for, it. he hits a, a really, you know, beautiful kind of fadeaway shot. And, uh, from three, uh, that that kind of put Oklahoma State out of uh, out of reaching distance for Texas there. So my bigger takeaway is the fact that Oklahoma State gets this win. It now has wins against Kansas, Texas, Texas Tech. It's got to go play at Kansas Monday, as you mentioned there. That's a big time game. Um, you know, again, Oklahoma State postseason ban, but it's appealing, so still eligible. I think it's going to be eligible. I don't think that's going to get decided before Selection Sunday. If it is, that's going to, frankly, it's going to be a huge story if it is. But um, it's tracking easily to be an NCAA tournament team. For Texas, you get a reprieve here, GP. Kind of similar to what you mentioned with Kansas on HQ. They're at Kansas State. I mean, come on now. That's got to be a win on Tuesday. And then if the schedule stays as is, next Saturday, home against TCU to get right, then it's at Oklahoma, then at Iowa State, so Texas should be okay. I don't, you know, maybe a little more, just a little more concern there. But I, I still maintain that Texas can be just as likely of a team to wind up on, you know, four or five line or whatever if it winds up to be that, like Kansas. And we look at the bracket and say, nah, man, I can see that. I can see that team still getting to the lead eight because of uh, who's on the roster. And with Texas's in Texas's case, uh, and with Kansas you know, Bill Self being on the sideline and his experience and being in the tournament there. So, again, not too much to overreact to. It's just, it is something that Texas was once 10-1, and and now it's 11-5, and and um, I think the next two weeks will be huge. I want to see, if Texas is really top 15 good GP, then roast K-State, roast TCU. You lose at Oklahoma, it's acceptable. Then go on the road against Iowa State and win that one, too.
0: I feel like I spend too much time, like, Kansas is losing. I'm like, it's not that big of a deal. And then it's like, Alabama has lost two or three. I'm like, yes, yeah, it doesn't really matter. And now it's like, Texas has lost three in a row. And I'm like, whatever. But I really do think you can sort of explain this stuff away. You know, Texas has a three-game losing streak. When you were a top-ten team, that sounds bad. But, like, look at the losses. It's so an 80-79 loss um, to Oklahoma when they were missing Chaka Smart, their head coach, and three of their top-eight players. And then it's a loss to Baylor. Whatever. Everybody loses to Baylor. Yep. Nothing you can do about that. And then it's a double OT loss at Oklahoma State. So, again, I, I'm not that concerned, and you're exactly right. The Kansas State, TCU, Iowa State, that's three of the next four. Knock those out, and they'll be fine. Um, the, the Kate Cunningham thing, like 19 points, eight rebounds, six turnovers. He had two turnovers in the final 50 seconds of the first overtime and then he got that incredible steal, like you said, Miss the Bunny. He, like, he is spectacular. I don't want to get it twisted. Um, but I've watched him a bunch. Yeah. And there are moments where you go, okay, okay, that's it. But he does not completely overwhelm people. I agree. The The way that you would like a consensus number one pick to do game in and game out. Like if you remember, and it's it's unfair to compare people to – Kevin Durant at Texas because that was a, a, a right. thing. It is
1: unfair because they're not close. <laughs> yeah, and I Kevin mean, didn't even go d- number one. But you're right. Yeah, go
0: ahead. yeah, yeah. But but even Michael Beasley at Kansas State. I just when I watch Kate Cunningham, there uh, there are moments where I go, okay, that's it. And then there are moments where I go. Are we sure this guy has to be the number one pick? Like, there's nobody else we should consider? And I, and, and to answer that question, by the way, I don't think we're sure, even if he is a top most mock draft.
1: I agree with you. Um, that's why I brought it up, just because I haven't seen too much written about it or talked about it yet. And he still could go number one. He's a very, very good player. There has just been moments here or there. And I even think for Sheila on the broadcast on Saturday – kind of alluded to this just a little bit as well. Like, you've got enough games under your belt, and if you're number one pick material, it's time to, you know, not make that stupid foul two minutes into the second half. You know, this isn't the fourth game of the season kind of deal. So not a huge thing, but he is not... He has been a program changer, for sure, but he is not overwhelming like the way that that you said uh, some of these other guys in the past have. uh, But yeah, no. It's just something to keep an eye on. He's still good enough. He's good enough to get Oklahoma State into the tournament, win some games. But um I don't know. I feel like he's and, just not scraping the ceiling
0: yet, that's all. It and isn't it you mentioned the appeal and that is isn't going to be a big story. is isn't it in the in the NCAA's best interest just to what just to wait? Of course it is. I mean of course like you've got an NCAA tournament that's about to not have Kentucky, yeah, about to not not maybe not have Duke, maybe not have North Carolina, maybe not have Michigan State. Like do you want to kick Kate cutting him out too? Like at this point you need all the draws you can get. He's a draw. Mm-hmm. If I were, if I had any pool in the NCAA, I'd just be like, listen, if we're going to deny their appeal or we're going to grant their appeal, whatever we're going to do, let's just do it in April. You know, we don't have there's nobody that is going to make us do this before Selection Sunday except for us. So let's not make ourselves do that. This is
1: where Oklahoma State lucks out on being Oklahoma State, because if the situation was with any of these other schools, let's say Arizona wasn't on a self-imposed postseason ban or it was Kansas uh, or, or some other big school and they were in the same exact spot and the NCAA wasn't, I mean, the the outcry over the NCAA dragging its feet on this case would be enormous, but because Oklahoma State is not, you know, a blue blood, it doesn't make Final Fours or Elite Eight runs or Sweet 16 runs with regularity, this is kind of still something that's definitely within college basketball circles uh, that that we're tracking. But if we look in two and a half weeks and the appeal has been heard and denied and Oklahoma State suddenly has the rug pulled out from under it and it can't go to the uh, the 21 NCAA tournament, uh that will be noisy, and it is in the NCAA's best interest to get the potential future number one draft pick into the tournament, let's be honest. Right, like, That's, a, that's a, it's yeah. like
0: it's no, like the the NCAA works on its own timetable, yeah, so I know. The, l- literally the only thing that would make the NCAA rule before selection Sunday is the NCAA, and if it runs counter to your own interest, why would you do it? Like, this is easy. Like, I, I don't even care if they uphold the postseason ban. I'm just saying, I'm not arguing that one way or another. I'm just saying, Wait and let Kate Cunningham play in the NCAA tournament for you. Not yeah. for them, for you. And then if you're going to uphold the appeal, I mean, uphold the, the postseason ban, uphold it in April, May, June. They won't play in the 2022 NCAA tournament, whatever. We can fight about that when we need to fight about that. But at least you, NCAA, you get Kate Cunningham in your tournament because um, you need all the good things you can get <laughs> at, at this point because there's not a uh, we're leaving out a lot of, of the biggest brands. By the way um oklahoma state's probably the first team i left out of the top 25 and one on sunday morning they um they win that game uh, by outscoring texas 10-2 in the second overtime they closed on a on a 6-0 run they're six and four in the first two quadrants now but they also had a quad three loss to tcu i don't think there's any doubt if they didn't take that loss to tcu they'd be In the AP poll on Monday, they'd be in the top 25-1 and right now. That quad three loss is is rough, but still probably my first team out. Their 32nd strength of record, 33rd at Kempombe, 37th in the net. Uh, Mike Boynton's got himself a good team, a team that looks like, as long as it's allowed, is going to play in the 2021 NCAA tournament. Elsewhere around the sport, I'm just going to hit you with some results and you take it where you want to take it. North Carolina won at Duke. Um, you wrote about that, so you can discuss that. USC beat UCLA. Beat them bad. And tied. they're now tied atop the Pac-12 standings with Mighty Mix Bruins. Tennessee ran away from Kentucky in the second half. Won by double digits inside Rupp. Illinois bombed Wisconsin. Indiana earlier on Sunday beat Iowa in the final minute. Take it where you want to take <sighs>
1: We're going to save Iowa, Indiana to the end, all right? Because uh, as we're recording this podcast, Fran McCaffrey's going after the media. Save it to the end. Save that for the, for the last one. A um, few things. First of all, yeah, Carolina Duke wrote about it, column. We'll link it in the pod description, all that. Uh, what I did think was notable here was that Caleb Love, this was uh, via UNC Athletics, this was amazing to me. Caleb Love was the is the first UNC player to ever get at least 25 points and seven assists playing inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. He's only the third UNC player ever to be to get 25-7, and period, against Duke. The previous times were Charlie Scott in 1969 and shouts to Phil Ford in 1976. Those were both UNC home
0: games. Caleb Love... Was, surprises me. It surprises me that neither yeah. Michael Jordan nor Leaky Black did that.
1: I agree with you. By the way, Leaky Black, he had twelve points. It was his fourth game uh, that he's had double figures this season, and it's his first since he had a career high sixteen points earlier this year against Miami. Black was uh, he didn't miss. He was four for four from the floor. He had four assists. And uh, when he was on the floor, UNC was plus sixteen. So shouts to Leaky Black. I came. Shouts with the Leaky to
0: Leaky Black. Got a mixtape coming out next month. There we go.
1: I had to give him some love there. Uh, the Caleb Love stuff, though, is, is that's just astonishing to me. And he is the third Carolina freshman to have at least twenty and five against Duke ever. Um, Walter Davis in '74 did it, and then Joseph Forte, one of my twenty favorite college players of all time, at twenty four and five against Duke in two thousand. Remember Joe Forte?
0: Of course, I remember Joe now. Forte, but I wouldn't list him uh, one of my top 20 players Get of all time. Not out of here, Mr., man. Not when Mr. Jennings exists.
1: No shot, man. Joseph Forte was smooth as hell. Loved his game. Um, you don't know about Mr. Jennings. No, I don't know who the hell you're talking about right now. You genuinely don't know Mr. Jennings? I don't. Uh, there are so many Jennings out there. I mean, Peter, who are we talking about right
0: now? Keith. Keith Jennings. Mr. Jennings at East Tennessee State. This dude's nickname was Mr. Mr. Jennings. Okay. so an ETSU legend. No,
1: no, I'm good. But that's uh, if he's in your he personal top in, ten. He
0: came in. He came in the inside the Mid South Coliseum when I was a child and bombed the Memphis
1: Tigers him. to death.
2: You've mentioned Mr. Jennings.
1: I got nothing on Mr. Jennings, but fair enough. Uh, a couple other notes from this, by the way. UNC shot 66.7 percent from three point range. It's the fourth best game they've ever had beyond three with at least. Ten made three pointers. They were uh they were incredible. In fact, this game was on the Duke end, it was missing something. What was it? What was it missing? Defense. Oh, okay. Yeah. There was not a lot of defense. Yeah, Duke did not quite bring that in this one. So unfortunately, it was an entertaining game. It did feel weird. Did you agree with me? Uh kind of, you know, one of the the premises of my column that it wasn't the first time we've seen Duke play a home game of the season. But with this game, I don't know, man. Like, no fans at this one. It just Gave off a weird vibe. You, I guess,
0: but I'm just sort of used you're to you're it used by to now. It? Okay. Yeah, I mean, like I remember, whatever it is, we first started watching that had no fans, like of 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 the stuff that we really watched. Like maybe it was baseball, baseball. baseball yeah. I think, yeah. And at first, it was like, ugh, I hate this. And then it was just like, just sort of got used to it. Like I just watched Indiana, Iowa, Indiana. Nice, nice pandemic setup, by the way. <laughs> It's a really good one. I mean, they got the cut cutouts. It's, it's clean. Something I like good. it. Right. I've just sort of gotten used to it. And so what I noticed more than no fans inside Cameron Indoor was people tweeting about no fans inside Cameron Indoor. It doesn't bother me anymore.
1: Okay, fair enough. Um, by the way, as a result of all this, uh, Duke now, according to T-Rankatology, 5% to make the NCAA tournament. That includes the randomness of getting the auto bid with the uh, with the ACC tournament. In fact, that's basically the only way Duke's going to get there. North Carolina did itself uh, a good service there. 62% now projected to make the NCAA tournament. That's how much this game meant. Before it, Duke was at 12.5% when, when the game tipped, and Carolina was at like 42%. Although I saw ESPN's projection on the numbers, frankly, didn't make any sense. So anyway, good win for Carolina. They went on the road, and Duke is now uh, destined to irrelevancy the rest of the season there. We got a couple more things. I got I, I to gotta, I gotta really take you to task on something. But before we get there, Mr. MC of A-10 Media Day, you yeah. didn't even mention St. Louis winning at St. Bonaventure in the start of this whip around. How dare you? 70-59, St. Louis wins. Are you aware of what the hell's happening in the A-10 right
0: now? Like, at this moment? Yeah. I'm focused on you at this moment. Okay, okay. I mean, I know UMass just went on pause again. (laughs) UMass
1: did. The Atlantic 10 has a six-way tie in the loss column, and these teams have played anywhere from 12 to, like, three games in the league. Bona... VCU, Davidson, UMass, Richmond, and St. Louis all have two league losses. It's an absolute quagmire there, and it was made so because St. Louis was able to get it done. The Billikens, by beating Bona on Saturday, just keep an eye on it. The A-10, I don't know how many bids it's going to get, but it really might be the most interesting conference race as we head to the back end of February. Um, Did you mention Golden Gate Mike and St. John's getting six straight wins? I don't think you mentioned that either. Who are you? I don't even know you anymore. What are you, you doing?
0: Called, you called Mike Anderson Golden Gate Mike on HQ. Just just casually, just like, Golden Gate Mike, that's a nice win. <laughs> you were like, it's a nice win for Golden Gate Mike. Did I'm sure I say that? I'm sure our producers are like, what is he talking about? <laughs> Why is Golden Gate Mike? I, I, I feel like I would have knowingly done
1: that, but I'm actually not specifically remembering this. But I, anyway, yeah, of course I'm going to call him Golden Gate Mike. That's going
0: to gonna continue to be a thing. What uh, if in the Atlantic 10, they have to scrap the tournament, the league tournament, and they have to award their automatic bid, and and the master of ceremonies of A to Media Day gets to announce it. How <laughs> that good would, would be, that be?
1: That would be incredible, actually. What that's, would I do? That is now the scenario would, I'm rooting for.
0: Would I be loyal to the Wojnarowskis and go with St. Bonaventure, or would I put on my billiken belt <laughs> yeah. and go with St. Louis? This is a tough spot.
1: You know, yeah, that's, uh, that's a tough one there, but we'll have to wait and see on it. By the way, St. John's, 65th in the net. I think I'd have them in today. Six straight wins. They're looking good. So I wanted to I wanted to note that as well. A couple of teams that did themselves good by winning. Potential bubble teams that got home wins. Georgia Tech came from down 17 to beat Notre Dame. Keeps its season in decent standing. Colorado did itself a, a solid by winning close over Arizona. Okay, before we get to Iowa, Indiana, there's one more game I have to get to with you. USC 66, Ooh. UCLA 48.
0: My God, Ethan Anderson came off the bench, got 19 points. Evan Mobley was 9-9, four blocks. Ooh. Got ugly.
1: You're getting pretty damn close to having to atone, okay? Because. Nah! On the Friday podcast. I know. Disrespectful. You are ready to rename USC's court after Mick Joseph Cronin. I don't know if Joseph's his middle name. And Nell um, It was going to be Mick Then the play. Bruins lose by 18. Is any tough. line too little? That's my question. There's no. Not when it comes to UCLA. No lines too little. So here's the situation. You did it to yourself, and that's what really hurts. If UCLA can't get it done later this season on its home floor against USC, Mick Cronin and his family are going to have to sit idly by as this podcast renames the floor inside UCLA's own building, Andy and Amanda Enfield and Nell Wooden Court, hashtag <laughs> Nell can stay.
0: I don't, I I don't know. You're talking about the reigning Pac-12 coach of the year here. Andy we, and Amanda Enfield and I, Nell I Wooden do, Court. I do love the Enfields. Remember when Amanda Enfield became like the biggest star of the NCAA tournament? 2013. <laughs> I, I was there. Where was the, I? Was Philadelphia? Correct. I was in Philadelphia. I was there. I witnessed Dunk City.
1: You witnessed Dunk City, and he has mentioned the story on the podcast before. He might not remember. I certainly do. We talked about it maybe one, two years ago. Paris didn't even want to go to that. He got sent to it on a whim at the last minute. The actually no, that the Philly why. pod wasn't even that enticing on its surface, and then it produces, frankly, one of the five best NCAA tournament stories of the past 15 years when the 15-seed dunk city goes to the Sweet 16.
0: No, here's exactly what happened. I'll give you the quick version. It was a Friday-Sunday pod, and anybody who listens to this podcast knows I would, under normal circumstances, never remember something like that. I wouldn't even remember where I was, but I remember Amanda, and I remember being in Philadelphia, and... And the only reason I and I remember it being a Friday-Sunday, and the only reason I remember that is because I looked at all the sites. I could go anywhere I wanted to go. And Friday-Sunday sites mean I can only miss one day of radio as opposed to two days of radio. And there was direct flights to Philly, back and forth to Memphis, and there weren't direct flights everywhere. So I said, okay, I got a direct flight to Philly, and it's Friday-Sunday as opposed to – uh, Thursday, Saturday, it's better for my radio schedule. I guess I'll go there. We'll see what happens. And then I met Amanda. Dunk City became a thing. But two weeks later, Andy Evanville was a coach at USC. And now he's <laughs> he killing McCronin. Now he's killing McCronin. What happened? What happened? I had to drop the Bruins out of the top 25 and 1.
1: And where's they're USC? Below, they're
0: below 500 in the first two quadrants, just like the Kansas Jayhawks. USC 10 and 1 in the past 11. Yes. Lone loss in that stretch to Oregon State. Five and three in the first two quadrants. Zero losses outside of the first two quadrants. Up to 14th at Ken Palm. I've got the Trojans 18th in the top 25 and one.
1: Well done. Yeah, they will skyrocket that that uh, that role you mentioned. One loss in the past, you know, month and a half. They will go high into the power rankings there. The rematch uh, between what appear to be the best two teams in the Pac-12 at this point, scheduled for later this season march 6th season finale if it can be played as scheduled usc at ucla there's a hell of a lot on the line there these coaches obviously have no idea just how much is on the line with that keep it in mind okay last Andy, one Andy,
0: amanda and nail court that's gonna and be nail something. one
1: hashtag no can stay that's right
0: I, I agree like we i'm not in total agreement with you on on the stakes here but i do agree Nail can stay hashtag Nail can <laughs> okay, stay nail cool. can always stay it's not her fault when when John lost those games, <laughs> and lost no, that, strength, was, that streak, that streak, it wasn't Nell's fault. Wasn't she had
1: nothing to do with it. Had nothing to do with it. Okay, last one before we get to the the reviews here. So on Sunday, we obviously waited for Iowa-Indiana to wrap up. Indiana wins 67-65. Uh, credit to Fox here. I'm actually going to play you the – this is a great – this is a vintage Gus call. So this is how it ended with Armand Franklin hitting the winning basket. Getting
0: the ball screen. Here's Franklin 15 footer. Oh, he ends it
2: ooh, with 1.6 to go.
0: You know what was amazing is that he had a wide open shot against Iowa. Can you <laughs> believe that?
1: I know. Hey, you stepped on you stepped on the audio. Listen to this pure ha ha from Gus. <laughs> That's good. Ha ha. Love a great haha from Gus. He did have a wide open shot against Iowa. So, a couple things we got to touch on here, GP. First of all, Iowa 1 and 4, fan base furious. Uh, fan base also not shocked to learn that Iowa is fading in February here and uh, it's gone from 12 and 2 to now 13 and 6. And I know you haven't well, at least I presume you haven't because we podcasted within minutes of the game ending figured out what you're going to do with with the Hawkeyes and the ranking situation. They're gone. They're out of the top
0: 10. I know that. They <laughs> They're out of the top ten. I can't keep you in the top ten. You're now three and five in quad one, six and six. Just five hundred in the first two quadrants. One and four in your past five, and you just lost a game when Indiana only shot thirty five point nine percent from the like Indiana didn't even shoot the ball well except for that last jumper, and you still lost. You still can't win, and they did. And I mean, they it was all right there. Like why Luca Garza is amazing in college, and like people question whether what he'll be in the NBA. They put him in a high ball screen and then got a wide-open jumper. That's what happened.
1: Yeah, no, listen. And and by the way, Indiana gets the sweep over Iowa, which could prove to be humongous on Selection Sunday. Um, One Indiana fan tweeted... I tweeted something like, this is going to be huge. So you got the win over Iowa, significant, and then an Indiana fan said, watch us go loose to the Northwestern. <laughs>
0: they hate their they hate their own team. Oh, God. I love it when fan bases get to the point when they hate their okay team. Oh, like, gosh. your team's not even that bad, but you hate it. Those are my favorite fan bases. Amazing. Maryland's like that every year. Maryland's been like that every year for as long as I can remember.
1: You're right. Um, that's the next scheduled game at Northwestern on Wednesday. Obviously a very nervous situation for IU. So all that happens. Um, Iowa, I mean, come on now. This was actually one in one of Luka's worst games of the season. We talk about if like, has got player of the year wrapped up. He actually doesn't. Like, If Baylor doesn't lose a game and Jared Butler continues to ball out and Iowa has the bottom fallout, out, like, Lucas not a guarantee to win player of the year. Just going to put that out there. The other thing that has been going on as we've been podcasting here is, okay, so a week ago, Like, Fran McCaffrey is a bit of a jerk on a post-game Zoom after the lose against Illinois. And then a bunch of Iowa fans defend it because he was apparently being sarcastic with a reporter as a way of ribbing the Big Ten and the officials. Fair enough, but he was also actually asked about Jordan Bohannon not playing well, and he was a jerk there. Everyone ignored it. So then, Mark Emmert... Uh, who is a local reporter out of Iowa, by the way. Imagine, like, getting into this business. Your name's Mark Emmert. And then <laughs> 25 years, 20 years later, like, the person that's considered the absolute worst president in the history of the NCAA is, has your same exact name and takes your job. It's a little bit of a rough deal, you know? Not great. So Mark Emmert, because Luco got sat in the first half uh, and was out for, like, seven, eight minutes there, and who knows? Maybe it was it was a it was a deciding thing with. I think he uh,
0: set the final twelve thirty.
1: Correct. So he was asked by Mark Emmert about this, and then this is what I have not seen the audio or video. We've been podcasting; this has happened, but it's relevant in the context of us recording right now. And I'm going to bring it up because, frankly, Fran can be uh, obviously um, persnickety, uh, to put it kindly. So he goes, "You know what? You guys are unbelievable." You want me to play the bench. So the bench is in there because guys are in foul trouble. Then you want me to take them out. How are they ever going to get better? How are they ever going to improve? It's a ridiculous question, Mark. You should know better. Okay. Here we go again. I mean, it's a completely valid question. You have arguably the best player in college basketball. You are on the road against a team that's already defeated you. Your position as a potential top five team has slipped away. Garza is sat for north of 12 minutes and by the way the idea that coaches sometimes have too quick a leash with this foul stuff anyway it's a it's a it's a valid question and it appears <laughs> someone put out a, a a meme of Fran you know the you know the meme with the cat talking back to the blonde who's all upset you know that meme it's got a fran face on it now with the cat <laughs> it's funny i'll put it in the no context preview how about that i'll shouts to Lucy Roden, who apparently sent this out there. So, it's again, it's not a good look for Fran after this. Indiana, nice win. Iowa, another rough loss. You're sub 500 under Fran McCaffrey since he's got to Iowa in the month of February. Not ideal here. And so, Hawkeyes fans, if you want to grip a bit, you're completely justified in doing so.
0: I wrote about this years ago. Like, coaches auto-benching their best players with quote-unquote foul trouble in the first half. Like, there is no rule that says you have to bench somebody with two fouls. And, like, Fran's not the only one who does it. Right. Like, like all, all sorts of coaches do it. Oh, second foul, you got to sit to the second half. Y- you know who doesn't do it? Mike Krzyzewski. Like, mm-hmm. maybe if the greatest coach of all time doesn't auto bench with two fouls, maybe you should think about changing your philosophy when it comes to auto benching with two fouls. Because Luka Garza ends up playing 27 minutes in a two-point loss. You know how many fouls he ended up with?
1: I'm going to guess three. I don't have the box in front of me. Two. Oh, you got to be kidding me.
0: Two. He had two. And Then the you question him, is you, even you, more you.
1: validated then. If it was only two, then it's a completely legitimate question.
0: You set him for half the first half, and you were down at the half, and he finished with two fouls. You messed up. It's not a dumb question. It's a perfectly reasonable question. You know what was dumb? If we're trying to figure out what was dumb – Asking that question or auto benching Luca Garza—it's pretty clear to me which one was dumb. Auto benching Luca Garza.
1: Yeah, this is—you have. Re- I remember now that you mentioned it. I remember when you wrote about this. I feel like the sports just been too slow to adapt here. Some coaches have been better about it, um, but yes, this idea. that... <laughs> You're benching it. I understand if, particularly if you get to a third foul, like you really don't want to put your player in a position. I get all that, but you're almost um, cutting off your nose to spite your own face in those kind of situations, particularly again, the arguably the best player in the sport. You're on the road. This is a big game. You're trying to stop the bleeding with your recent losing streak or your skid. And then to do this, man, oh man, I, you know, that's, uh, that's a rough look for Fran.
0: It's a rough look for Fran on two different levels. Rough look to sit him for 1230 in the first half and then also a rough look to react that way. Um, you know, it, you know, in the post-game presser. It's a totally reasonable question. If you want to be reasonable in that moment, just say, you know what, in the moment, I thought it was the right thing to do. Looking back on it, I, I wish I could undo it. You know, uh, just like my players are learning, I'm still learning too. And nobody gets... I mean, yes, fans will still be like, you should have not done that, but like... It's okay to admit maybe I didn't handle a situation wrong, correctly. It's okay to admit every once in a while, perhaps, with the benefit of hindsight, I should have done something differently. And for Fran to not do it is unsurprising, but to then take a shot at a reporter, I, I guess also unsurprising, but also unbecoming. He should be better than that. Hopefully next time he will be couple other games from the weekend that just real quick uh, that I mentioned, but we didn't really touch on Uh, Tennessee beats Kentucky, 82, 71. I I don't care about Kentucky. We'll leave them over here. What was interesting, Keon Johnson, 27 points, Jaden Springer, 23 points. Those two five-star freshmen combined for 50. And we've talked about Tennessee multiple times. Like they're number one in the country in defensive efficiency. Um, One of the reasons – you know, basically everybody thought they were going to win the SEC is because you're bringing back some really good pieces and you're adding those two five-star, one-and-done uh, freshmen. They had not been great this season. But, boy, they were great against Kentucky. And if you're going to get not 50 combined from them, but if they're going to start popping off like that, uh, that's really encouraging if you're Rick Barnes because you know you can guard. Now can you score? That's been the issue for Tennessee. Can you score? If those guys can start getting real buckets for you like future NBA players, then maybe Tennessee actually does end up living up uh, to expectations. Kentucky was up 10 with 11.58 to go. And UT closed the game on a 34-13 run to win by 11. Wildcats shot 23.5% from three. They're now shooting from three on the season, which ranks 306 nationally. They're 5-12 overall, 4-6 in the SEC. They're now 80th in the net, 3-12 in the first two quadrants. And another notable result, Illinois over Wisconsin. The Illini now have seven Quadrant 1 wins. Their four-game winning streak that they're on right now, nothing but Q1 wins and Wisconsin is now four and four and it's past eight with all four losses coming by double digits. So they got some stuff to get straight. But did you see Goodman's tweet during the, right after the Illinois Wisconsin game?
1: Uh, did he, did he say that Brad Underwood doesn't get enough credit? No,
0: <laughs> no, it okay. was, a, but it was similarly, I'll just tell you what it said okay. more or less. It was like, just got a text from a high major coach and, he said, Illinois can win it all. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> a team that's ranked fourth at Kempom, fourth in the net, fourth in Sagarin <laughs> can win it all? Wow. A team with two All-American candidates m- might have a chance to win it all? That's
1: amazing insight. I want to hear from the high major coach after Iowa lost that's texting that Iowa can win it all.
0: That's newsworthy. Not Illinois. Get out of here. Oh God! Oh, oh, hey, Goodman! I should have texted. Hey, man, could you hit me with that high major coach? I need to, <laughs> I need to see what he's seeing about this whole Illinois ranked in the top five of everything. Might have a chance oh, to win man. it all. That's interesting. I hadn't really thought about that yet. What are we well, talking man. about? Of course, Illinois has got a chance to. Win. You know, Illinois has had a chance to win it all since the moment. I O DeSumo and Kofi Coburn announced they were coming back to school. What are we
1: talking about? I love it, man. That's good. I I did not. That's
0: funny. (laughs) Go look at the tweet. Hi, major coach. Ooh, hi, major coach said you you keep an eye on Illinois. Illinois is ranked in the top five of everything. Everybody's eyes are on Illinois. What are we talking about?
1: Let's get to these reviews.
0: (laughs) Illinois might win it (laughs) off. I would a high major coach to text me about how Baylor might have a chance to I win know. it. I know. That's funny. Oh man. All right. I like it. You want to do some Apple reviews? Hey, you yeah. know what? We yeah. are now. I know. We surpassed 2,000 in Apple reviews. So yeah, so I have not uh
1: I ha- I I got one in the cha- I got one loaded here for this, but I haven't read through a lot of them in the past like week or so. What I did say I did say that if you got us above two thousand and you recommended what we should do to kind of thank the listeners, we should take that into account. So I haven't, like, read through any recommendations yet. Yeah, and by the way, bad
0: idea. We don't need to be taking recommendations on what we should do. Yeah. I like to do – you should know me well enough. I like to do what I want to do.
1: Yeah, but you know what? You should open up your heart and be a bit more charitable and thank the listeners because you ask them to put these reviews in every single freaking episode. So to I'm literally to reciprocate, them right now. Reciprocate with a, with a genuine action here. I don't know if there's anything been good yet or not, but – but fair enough. It's appreciated you guys have gotten us there. And um, I can't wait to read mine. That's all I know.
0: Okay. Well, um, here's the here's the first one. It, it simply says GP. It, 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 I'm quoting it. GP is simply one of the funniest guys out there. That comes from somebody calling themselves, identifying as Dead Legs Yeah, what the hell is this? I saw this one. <laughs> Those are my favorite. When I say I want five stars and nice comments, I really want them just focused strictly on me. Positively. Oh, they're so that starting. That was my favorite one. That's definitely where I wanted to, to start. Okay, second Apple review. This one comes from anonymous bunch of lead, a bunch of numbers. They clearly don't want us to know who they are. But here's um here's what they wrote. Um, it's from JJ. When I moved to South Carolina right after graduating college, I attended Furman and Clemson basketball games to pass the time and try to make friends, and knew I needed more college basketball in my life. I found the Ion College Basketball Podcast and gave it a spin. True story. The first show I ever listened to was Norlander talking about a dead deer in his front yard with no idea what to do. I was confused. Was this a college basketball podcast or was it a very detailed roadkill removal service ad? Suffice to say, I was hooked. A perfect blend of relatable life content and college basketball insight and the coverage of things bigger than basketball is greatly appreciated. Here I am, a year or so into being a loyal listener, and I know more about Dodos than I thought I knew as well as learning six months in that GP is white. There it is again. People are surprised to find out I'm Caucasian. I don't understand that.
1: I don't either, uh, but it's, uh, yeah, that's that's a hell of a, of a subplot here. Yeah, the deer if you're,
0: thing. It, it continues. If you're okay. looking for a podcast, look no further. You'll come for information on removing a deer carcass from your front yard, and you'll stay for reasons to pick Nate oats to cut down the nets in Indianapolis. That, again, comes from JJ.
1: I remember the deer one, not just because it happened and it was traumatizing forever, of course, um, but whatever you had loaded up for that podcast, before we started recording, I said, just ask me how I'm doing. And then the start of that pot. So, Matt... So, in the start of the podcast was me waking up, walking into... It's hard, kind of hard to explain, but um, our, our spare bedroom is on our main floor. So, I... That's where we changed the diaper of our then baby, now two-year-old. And there's a window facing the side of our yard. So, Matt, waking up, doing this, opening the blinds, and then right there on your property guts practically coming out is a dead deer in your front yard what straight i mean straight out of a twin peaks episode and Don't so add. we podcasted that day didn't know how to respond how to react terrified to even approach the dead animal and that's how the po- so imagine that's the first podcast you've ever listened to <laughs>
0: He's it's like, it's like, oh, okay, well, this is a CBS College Basketball podcast. It seems to have good reviews. I'll give it a shot. And then it's like us for eight minutes talking about a dead deer. It's like, what? What are we doing here? The only thing that's been stuck stranded in my yard lately, my son's Prius. Excuse he got me? stuck in the yard. Did you just say your he son said, has a Prius? Is a Prius. Is that good or bad? It's, it's terrific. Good, good for him. Stuck in the front yard, though? He, we have people here building a studio in a gigantic toy room, and they were parked behind us in the driveway. And rather than just ask, he said, "I'll just, uh, I'll just drive around them in the yard without recognizing." It rained all day the day before. That's, and so now I, then I had a Prius struck. I had to go upstairs. Tell me if this is appropriate or inappropriate. Got all these men working in the house, mask. They all wear masks, and I had to go upstairs and say, "Excuse me." You guys, got a second? Do you help me push a Prius? <laughs> yeah, you Is know what? That's inter- not their problem. It, no, I know it wasn't their problem, but but I felt like they're here anyway, and I'm paying them. Can we move a Prius, please? I, I could not have moved it without them. I'm not that strong.
1: No, you've uh, not not only that, Parrish has actually gotten a car stuck on a curb. It was at exactly Peach the James. same thing. Yeah, that was.
0: Except slightly different, but like car stuck, similar in that way. Not a good driver. (sighs) It's tough. It's a tough deal. What do you got next? All right. This one comes from D. Fallon91. He says, I've been a long time listener to the Island College Basketball Podcast and have long considered giving it a review. But between work and family life, I just haven't found the time. I was finally pushed over the edge after Norlander said one of the most outlandish things I've ever heard in a recent episode. When discussion for the upcoming Valentine's Day matchup between Drake and Loyola Chicago was taking place, Norlander said, quote, you're going to watch this 6'9 dude named Cameron throw the meanest freaking backdoor bounce pass you've ever seen, honey. That's right? He says, I'm not here to disparage Cameron Cutler, But Norlander saying that is more disrespectful to Richmond Spider great Dan Giro than Parrish not ranking Baylor number one is to the entire Drew community and as both a Richmond native and a guy named Drew, I speak with authority on this matter, you put some respect on that man's name. He walked so Crutwick could, could, so could run. <laughs> in all seriousness, I consume an embarrassing amount of college basketball podcasts on a weekly basis. And while each is great in its own respect, CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Pod is my absolute favorite. Parish and of Norlander offer the perfect amount of serious basketball content with humor. And I always find myself finishing each episode more informed and in a better mood than when I started. Whether I'm out on a run, doing chores, or commuting back and forth to Austin Nichols Arena. In Charlottesville. <laughs> it's always a better experience when tuned into Parish in North. Thank you for all you do. That's amazing. thank. Thank you to you, Drew. And um, I will say, as I read that, I am in a better mood when we're done with these. I never. I'm never like mad when we're when we do. I feel like a cop Like okay, we got that done, and I'm sort of in a good mood when we're done. And I'm not. I, I, I randomly find myself in not great moods all the time. I think I think we cheer me up too. Well,
1: that's that's good to know.
0: Um,
1: Austin Nichols to Virginia. Totally forgot about that. That didn't work out. It did not work that out. Didn't work out. Did not work out. Hey, real quick. We are. It's for anyone curious about this. Listen, we want to get this thing done. Watch the Super Bowl. I I got another freaking seven inches of snow outside my house. I got to go shovel when we're done. Then I had a Prius in my yard. What are you talking about? Snow.
0: I had a Prius in
1: my yard. Oh, I've I've got a Prius in my yard. And I was paying these men to renovate my house and the car got stuck. Please pity me. I got to go out and shovel some more before the Super Bowl starts. That's why if Drake indeed winds up losing its first game of the season, we're not talking about it. It's down by 14 with five minutes to go. That review just touched on the Valley. And so the
0: Homer and, Homer and Janet Drew Arena. You can't win back to back days tough. inside Homer and Janet Drew Arena. They should have known better. Didn't they even get involved uh, in this?
1: Not doable there. That little bit of luster off
0: this loyal. Oh, by the way, you know what this could do? It could lead to Drake falling out of the top twenty-five and one. Yes, Oklahoma State moving in. There we go. That would make sense. You got one more review before I get. I into do have mind? one more. I, right. have, I have one more, and it comes from somebody who is identified as the Spike Albrecht Center. Oh gosh. Okay. Five-star review. This is how it reads. This is easily the best college basketball podcast out there. I've been a listener since it was just Norlander and Goodman, and the current lineup of Paris Norlander and Vicini is perfect. <laughs> though I haven't heard from Sam in a while. <laughs> It is a perfect setup. Mm-hmm. me you and Vicini here, right? It just works. It just Love works. It. Sometimes, sometimes you don't know why things work. You just and you don't question it. That's right. You just, you just, you just, you just under. You just deal. You just go. It works. We're not going to question it. It's meet you and Sam. We've been doing this just the three of us for a while now, and it it it, it just works. You, they, you listen, a three
1: man booth. The chemistry. It's tricky, but. There's no podcast that's a
0: three-man podcast that pulls it off the way this one does. No, it just works. Uh, The review continues. Jokes aside, (laughs) in addition to the great basketball content, this podcast has legitimately saved me from injury twice since the pandemic started. This summer, I was shoveling mulch, and last week, I was shoveling snow, and both times, I started to feel a twinge in my elbow. Without GP Sledgehammer to a swing set story, I likely would have powered through it and ended up as a dead arm. (laughs) Thanks for the content and the medical advice. I saved a man from becoming a dead arm. By 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 my by by my by me becoming a dead arm and telling the story, being being open with my experience as a dead arm, I now saved a man from becoming a dead arm. Think about that for a second. That's
1: great stuff. Appreciate that. Now let's get to the important one because what's happening here? Stop
0: and think about that for a second. This guy would be a dead arm. I was a double dead arm. You for were like a double dead months. arm.
1: You were a double dead arm. Because I right.
0: destroyed my my children's swing set with a sledgehammer. Do you <laughs> know how stupid that was? No, It's just this I dumbest wish thing ever. I could have more than I do. Renovating my home, I could have just sent him in the backyard and told him to take that thing apart. save both my elbows. Kept playing golf all summer. Instead, I had double double-dead arm tennis elbow and I'm recovered now though. I'm 100%. Both my elbows work fine. Look at me.
1: Yep, there we go. There we go. Same with the legs, by the way. Back in business. Been for a while though. All right, the reviews, you know, evolution is at play here. The the reviews are even coming becoming self-aware. Have you noticed the tide is starting to turn? Okay, let's get to it. This is one of my favorite pods and the best that covers college hoops. This comes from P O I M V G N K. Sure. I don't intend to miss an episode anytime soon. I've seen everyone talking about their experiences meeting Norlander, Mm. but I figured I would share my interaction with GP. Oh no. Yes, that's right. That's right. And this isn't the only one, but I'll just leave it for one this week. I was visiting family in Memphis a few years ago (laughs) and stopped at the gas station to refuel and get a Drake's Coffee Cake. Can't find him here. I noticed GP at the end of the aisle and nervously went to say hi. We talked for a little bit and he told me he had just finished the radio show. Everything was fine until Started from the Bottom by Drake started playing. GP went into a frenzy and started asking everyone inside if they knew that Drake was the first university to be named after a pop star. He it's then true. stole the coffee cake out of my hands, dashed out of the gas station, never to be seen again. A little odd, but I still love the pod, guys. Keep it up. And I knew this was going to happen.
0: That's that not the a, only one. By the way, that's a true story. That really did happen. I
1: believe it. I do believe that that actually happened. There, there's, there's Listen, the encounters have expanded. And while I appreciate these stories, they're absolutely (laughs) absurd. Imagine like, imagine wanting to get into a college basketball podcast. The Super Bowl's done. March Madness is coming up. You've never been a podcast person before, but now it's now it's finally time. You're like, all right, I want to check out the reviews first. All right, uh, well, you know, highly rated, more than two thousand reviews. Let me see what people are saying about it. Why does everyone keep? Why does everyone keep running into the? The guy's on this pot. This guy's chain smoking without any pants on? What's going on? It's an absurd universe you've all created. We so highly appreciate it. We're at more than 2,000. We'll try and do something to recognize this. I can promise you this. Well, I can't promise you, but, I, but what we've been told. Uh, if you're into this kind of thing uh, and you want to see Gary Parish in the flesh and myself as well, I believe the plan is that we are going to be doing this on video by the time we get to March here. So unless something changes 11th hour, we're like the only podcast left that doesn't do this on video. But that is coming soon. So if you'd like to watch, uh, aside from just listening, I believe that option is going to be made available to you in the next month or so.
0: My new studio will be built by then.
1: It will. And and here's the other thing. You're not going to be able to do it like you're doing it right now. What do you mean? Sitting in the dark like a psycho.
0: You're like gonna have to be dark, able to be though. seen
1: on camera, so you're gonna have to get used turn, to this.
0: I'll turn the lights on when I need to turn the lights on.
1: Okay, I mean, if you want, if you want to, if you want to do the vampire edition of the podcast and continue to do it like this, I'm sure you can make some moves.
0: Nah, I'll, I'm gonna turn the lights on. I'll do, I just, I don't turn them on when I don't need to, but when I need to, I'm happy to do it. I, this is wild. Before we get out of here, I just got a text message from a high major coach. <laughs> he says he thinks Gonzaga's got a shot to win the whole thing. Should I tweet that? Get the hell out of here. (laughs) Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry MF and Teagle, legend. Shouts to Larnell. Thank you guys, sincerely. Thank you guys for listening to the Island College Basketball Podcast once again in the middle of the absolute dumbest pandemic of my lifetime. This one's something else, man. This one has been something else, Norlander. This one has been something else. I mean, I ain't never seen one like this. It's It's been a... This is next level pandemic stuff we dealing with. We're gonna get through it. You're talking to a half-vaccinated man. I get my next shot Thursday. Come Thursday morning. I will be fully, I'll be fully vaccinated. So we're gonna get through it, but it's been a hell of a deal. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. <laughs> If you're a high major coach and you got any thoughts about one of the un- undeniably best teams in the country, maybe having a shot at winning the national title, please text me and we'll talk about it again on Wednesday morning. Till then,
3: defense. defense. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.